I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Welcome in Bears two and one, Johns. I think if you would have told me that was the Bears record coming into the season after three games, you would take it, Adam Hogue. Yes. It hasn't been pretty. But what if I said they're two and one, but the quarterback looks significantly worse? Would you have taken that? Because I think most Bears fans would be smart enough to know probably, no. Pro- probably not. I would tell you. Take you take 0-3 with like he at least no, looks like Trevor Trevor Lawrence w- looks right now. You still take the wins. Come on. You play to Ooh. win the game. So you'd rather have 2-1 and one with the quarterback struggling than 0-3 oh with uh, what I'm just saying just feels looks like Trevor Lawrence you, right I, I'm just saying you prefer them to win, right? I would say I'd prefer them to have a better quarterback. They're not Trying winning win anything. It. They're not winning in Jacksonville with a better quarterback playing. Yeah, they are. They're beating the Chargers right now. You just By said the time they're this... 0-3. Okay, I get what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, would you rather than be winless, but Justin Fields looks like Trevor Lawrence looks so far? But what you're season. saying, if he's playing that well, would they be winless? I don't know. Well, sure. I don't know. Probably no, it's not. Now, now it's just they're, hypotheticals, but, I'm, maybe but what I'm saying is it's okay to win games while your quarterback is stinking it up a bit. Yeah, he's oof. as and that's like basically I mean, there's, his words. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he didn't want to use the word. Welcome ass. <laughs> no, he should up though. He should up. It's bad, dude. Did okay, welcome in. <laughs> no, because I saw we. Yeah, I saw that's what he wanted to say, and that is basically how he played. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Johns, he's at Soldier Field right now as we record this post game episode. Where the Bears managed to survive. Like, let's put it that way. They ran for 281 rushing yards. Johns, you should not need a late takeaway and a walk-off field goal to beat maybe the worst team in the league with 281 rushing yards. But that's how it played out today. And to your point, they got the win. You certainly feel good about that part. Again, it's okay to win games when your quarterback tries to figure it out. I don't know how I've become that guy because Justin Fields was terrible, to use his exact words. It was trash. Another quote from him. You take it this way, though. Yeah, I guess. I don't. 
I I think what worries me, Jaws, is this isn't quarterback figuring it out. It's quarterback struggling. You know, week one was figuring it out. Like, okay, it was a bad first half. Second half, he took what was given to him, and he made the throws, yeah, and they got the touchdowns. It was rainy. The field was flooded. I'm confused. No. So now I'm trying to give him credit for that. I know. Now you're, so am I. Now you're, now yeah. you're taking the credit away. <laughs> I'm just no, – I I, 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 what I'm saying is you could live with what you got week one. The last two weeks, he's taking steps backwards. That's what's concerning. I think I'm trying to wrap my – I thought Matt Eberflus actually articulated the bear situation quite perfectly. Um, I feel like, at least right now in this podcast, I'm trying to not be the one overreacting to three games. Two played in very good weather, one against a very good team on Sunday night. Justin Fields was terrible. I'm not excusing him by any means. But it's still three games in this offense. And like we articulated in the preview podcast, this defense from the Texans, yeah, they're they're not a good team. But they gave Russell Wilson problems last week. They tied Matt Ryan and the Colts in week one. They've given more experienced quarterbacks some problems this year. You have to give the other team some credit. I'm not excusing Justin Fields from his poor performance. He overthrew Cole Komet. He looked shaky at best in that pocket. I'm still waiting for him to get to the top of his drop and just unleash a throw like with some confidence. To use a Matt Nagy word, some some conviction, and you're just not seeing it. But trying to keep things in the bigger picture here. You got three games, two of them played in good weather, one against a very good opponent in the Packers. Yeah, I don't think he has any confidence. Nobody right wants now. to hear that right now, but that's the context of the season. Yeah, I, I'd be more willing to hear that if it was like sort of you know, a little bit more give and take, some good, some bad. The last two weeks for me have been very concerning. Very concerning. Like, it's, I I maybe, well, I'm not even going to go there, but there's previous quarterbacks who have been here that I don't remember it looking. You could go there. Go there. Well, I just, I don't remember (laughs) Mitch having two games that bad in a row. Okay. Like, even then it was more of like a process. He had some consecutive I want to say he had like four game stretches that felt pretty uninspiring. Yeah, uninspiring is different than downright bad, though. I guess that's the point I'm trying to get at. Like that, that's it's a different. This feels different than I than I thought it would. I was fully expecting Justin to go through. I, I guess the, the the exception I'm taking here is you're still okay if they're two and one, not zero oh and three. I know what you're saying about the quarterback play. You wanted to improve. That's best for the long term. It is, but you. St- Still try to win the game. You still want them to win games, right? Sure. Yeah. And that the, the yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I was saying off the top was I think that if 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 the situation was you're zero and three, but Justin Fields looks like he's going to the Pro Bowl, that's probably better for. Well, then, like, am I counter argument to that? Like, if he looks like he's going to the Pro Bowl, would they really be zero and three? Because if they're zero and three and he looks like he's going to the Pro Bowl, then you get all the other major problems afoot. Yeah, probably The defense not. stinks. Bears special teams is a hashtag again. The running game isn't going off for 281 yards. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. <laughs> I, I, you thought I was going to go all in and bash the quarterback. He was awful today. He yeah, was. You're making excuses for him. You definitely are. 
No. no, no. <laughs> it's just terrible. Um, well, you're there. What? Tell us more about what Justin had to say and Matt Eberflus had to say about all this after the well, game. Well, I, I thought, again, he articulated the whole situation quite well. I'm not, I'll read you his quote because I'm using this in, in, in my story, my column for tomorrow on the athletic.com plug. When you're working with a young quarterback in a new offense, I think that the people around him have to be solid and have to be good. So that's important for us, meaning that the protection has to be good. The run game has to be really good. The defense has to be really good. In special teams, we got to be awesome. What you do is you support the quarterback while he's growing and while he's going through this. This is obviously a mess today. This was terrible. This was trash, to use his exact quote. This was asked, the word he didn't want to use, but... I thought Matty Berflus articulated the Bears situation quite well. Young team trying to figure it out at quarterback and other positions and still managed to be 2-1. and one. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing, Like though, but the running game was really good. I think the offensive line has been better than I expected it to be. Certainly, he could have better weapons around him, but I think, once again, we're going to see on the film that there are open wide receivers. So, I think that... Now, the defense... The defense made plays today when they had to. And actually, they picked Justin up multiple times. You know, they got the interception back after the first interception. They made a huge stop. Justin Jones made a huge play after the second interception. So I guess along those lines of what Matt Eberflus is saying, like, I think that's part of my concern right now is he's getting, I think he's getting more help than people thought he would get. Yeah, but he's still throwing the Dante Pettis, Necronimia, St. Brown. Opens open. Uh, now, Darnell Mooney can't be dropping passes. Yes. There's no two. Yeah. There's two. I'm not like, I'm not forgiving the quarterback of his mistakes, but I just think if he's throwing for 350 yards and like a, a touchdown and interception and you see development, the Bears still lose 27 to 18. You know, eventually those developments want to turn into wins. I think what you have is other facets of the Bears are developing. The run game is good, regardless of who's running the ball. The defense is, is capable. Kyler Gordon's learning on the fly. You have young Jaquan Brisker back there learning on the fly. You have Roquan Smith settling into a new position and being the, the stud the Bears expect him to be. But again, 2-1-1, and one, games against the 49ers and the Packers, I think you would take this. Yes, I'm just saying that they're... They gotta get better quarterback play. If they're honestly, because how many other teams do they even beat today? That's fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? But expect, like, but expectations were so low for this team to begin with. No, but what I'm saying is, you have 281 rushing yards in today's NFL. Like, you should probably be winning by double digits, right? Like, it, it, at some point, like this proved essentially why you need a passing game in today's NFL because. It's still after all that. It still came down to needing Roquan Smith, who, by the way, played outstanding today, and that's a great development after last week's poor game. But you still needed the defense to make a huge play for you at the end and to kick a walk-off yeah. field goal when you had 281 rushing yards. Like, so at some point, you're going to need the quarterback to give you something more or this passing, or whoever you want to blame it on, the protection, whatever you want to blame it on, at some point, they have to give you something more, or you're not going to beat the Giants next week. 
You're you're not going to beat the Vikings. You're not going to beat the Commanders coming up. Like you have to get more out of the passing game, regardless of whose fault it is. I'm not saying you're, you don't have to. I'm just trying to keep this in the general context of what this season's supposed to be. Overreacting after three games. Trying not to do it. Didn't we just say like a few podcasts ago we need to see a full season? Hell, I even said you got to see it after eight or eight or twelve games. You yeah. have to start seeing signs of it. This was a step backward, but the Bears, they still won the game. All right, so what else you got there from Soldier Field? Well, Khalil Herbert was pretty good, was he not? Yes. Dave Montgomery, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't sound too good. I, I know there's some rumblings out there that somebody said he's day-to-day. Well, the head coach said he's day-to-day. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it came from. But but but, but you know what? Oh, that, that's another story there. Anyway, I think Valus Jones like, Jr. was day to day too of a month. Yes, ago. yes, yeah, exactly. Like Byron Pringle was day to day, and then missed most of training camp, and now now he's in a walking boot with a calf injury. I'm just saying, day to day is different for different coaches saying it. Yeah, um, but and and by the way, I feel awful for David Montgomery in a contract year. You know, to be dealing through going through an injury like that. Um, I hope it's not season ending. We'll have to figure out what it is. I, it would be pretty bad of Eberflus, though, to say it's day to day if he's going to have an MRI tomorrow that then shows he's out for the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So don't you think there's at least a little sense of optimism? I've learned a long time ago not to hold coaches what to what they say about injuries like instantly. No, I know, and I I agree. And with Matt you on that. Eberflus what, what, has specifically been like he, he's been actually forthright in his secrecy like he's not going to give you anything about them right but it would be very misleading for him to say day to day if indeed we find out tomorrow he's out for the year like i'd actually have a problem with that just say he's got tests tomorrow and we'll figure it out we don't nothing at this point because that's usually what coaches say after games yeah right they usually like just "Ah, just don't know haven't talked to the trainer we got more tests you know that's usually what they say so you don't have to so we'll, I don't know. Maybe it is a sense of maybe it is a little bit of piece of optimism. Maybe not. Um, but regardless, sucks for Dave Montgomery to have to deal with any type of injury right now in a contract year. The good news is, I mean, Khalil Herbert looked pretty damn good coming in, and the running game continues to look good. Granted, I, I, well, I would go back to Week One where I thought Herbert actually looked better than Dave Montgomery. Then Dave Montgomery ran the ball well yeah. against the Packers. The, the run game works. We should open up the play-action game, which goes to your question about fields, but I guess I'm in that corner now where I'm willing to give this more time than others. So what do you make of all the running on third and long? Well, I think there's some trust things, and it's also probably a feel for Lucchetti. I also have this question, like Matt Eberflus's own effect on the play calls. He said a few days ago how he has input in certain situations. Like there was one third down, I want to say they were like in the uh, on like the 10, like their own low red zone. And it wasn't surprising that they they ran the ball, right? It's about field position, it's not taking extra risks. Like I understood that decision. I've seen that before. Matt Nagy did that. And, and he was <laughs> he tried to throw the ball all the time. Like that's pretty standard in, in the NFL, but there was a, a few that were like, okay, like the third down draw early in the game where it was like third and 6. Yeah. And they were in the Texans' territory. Like, okay, that's – come on. That raises questions. Like, calls like that raise questions about trust. 
Yeah, I I really only had two problems with the play calling today. One was the third and six. You know, the first third and ten, I understood. Like, you're at the edge of field goal range. You don't want to fall out of it. Didn't I? Nece- I wouldn't necessarily do the same thing, but I could at least understand the thinking behind it. Third and eighteen, whatever, or third and seventeen, whatever it was. Third and six, though, it's like, come on, you got to give the kid a chance sometimes. Um, and then the other one I didn't like was later in the game when he completed that big play to Cole Komet. I would have passed it again the next play. Like, try to build some rhythm here. You know, try try to get. Try to give Justin Fields that boost of confidence. He's he seems to be somebody who needs that confidence and that little swagger. So maybe he gets it on that play. Instead, they run it the next two times and then they put him in a terrible position on third and long. So, you know, for the most part, I can't fault Getze when his quarterback's struggling and the running game's working. Of course you're gonna lean on the run game. But those two specific plays were the ones I kind of had problems. Otherwise, like a lot of the stuff on Twitter during the game about Getze, I'm done with Getze. You know, like, <laughs> they're running the ball like crazy. Why would you not stick with that? It's a lot of overreactions. I know there will be a focus on the the attempts for Justin Fields again. He went from 11 to 17. But can we just hit that over? Get this? Yes, we did. What was it, 15 you and put, a half? You put 15 and a half. He did hit the over. Yeah, yeah. I thought I had a good number there because he scrambles a lot and he gets sacked. Those are. Pass plays, everybody. Those are pass plays. Like that long scramble that he had. Like how long did it go for? 29 yards? Yeah, something like that. That was a pass play. Doesn't go down as a pass attempt, but that was a pass play. Luke Getze is calling passes, and yes, Justin Fields has to go through his progressions faster and get the ball out of his hand. Yeah. Well, you might be on to something with Eberflus and having influence. He flat out screwed up the end of the first half, in my opinion. Um. Oh yeah. By preserving his three timeouts. Yeah, and, and according to what Nick Nicholas Moriano told us told us earlier on the CHGO post game show, it sounded like Eberflus took responsibility for that. That hey, they're you know they were in a third and short situation. They're in thirteen personnel. They had to sub. You have to call timeout there. I would argue that regardless, you have three timeouts and there's like forty seconds left. You call timeout there. Um. But throwing the substitutions on top of it. Yes, you definitely call time out there. He didn't do it. I think that that was a head coach kind of going through his first, um, oh, shit, what do I do here moment. Well, and that's that's part of this, right? That's, again, the overall context of the season. First-time head coach, first-time play caller on Luke Getze, and a quarterback who's caught up in a rebuild. Yeah, I guess I would just kind of put that in the same bucket of Sure, you can look at it as a head coach going through, you know, his own development. I just think that that's so far into the extreme of obvious situations that I, I guess, my expectation is, as you know, a fifty-something-year coach. Granted, he's first-year head coach, but he's been in the game for a long time. Would understand that that's an obvious well, I, I think bang you, a timeout what, situation. It, it looked too much like Nathaniel Hackett a couple of weeks ago. Now, granted, that was the fourth quarter. That was the end of the game. That's way worse. But it's just like kind of deer in the headlight situation for me. That's a little concerning. Yeah, honestly, I think which what we're all missing here is like the the lack of aggressiveness in that situation. Yeah. Which of that I understand. Like, like I understand being careful with fields, but okay, call timeout, reassess the situation. You got a first down. Get the right personnel on the field. If after the first down play, then you decide you're not going for it, fine. 
you can't let all the clock tick off there. Yeah, yeah. Well, change your mind then. Yeah. Like, they went into it. This goes back to the point about the lack of trust in fields. They went into it not being aggressive. They don't want to be aggressive. They got the first down. You know, Lovey, you know, used his timeout and second down. Then they get the first down and third down. It's They didn't change their mind about being aggressive in that, in that spot. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you were there today. What is your take, or what did you find out after the game about what's going on with the offensive line rotation situation? Tevin Jenkins not even starting this week. I I I, I don't really understand it to be honest. Well, I think once once Lucas Patrick is okay snapping, he's your center. Yeah, Can we just be be honest about this. See, he, well, and he, he should be. Yes, he he practiced minimally, we should say minimally this week at center, getting some snaps in, and there's there's still a recovery process going on. His hand isn't where he needs it to be to to do everything he he has to do as the center 
in a very important spot. So you need him going. He's an important part of that offensive line, important part of this team, this culture. And you have Tevin Jenkins, who is still learning on the job. When another per- when another person on this roster learning on the job at, at right guard. Honestly, I, I don't mind it. It's easy not to mind it when they're running for 280 yards a game. Yeah. Like that, that is good. Doesn't matter who's in, they're running the ball well. And I think the pass protection has actually held up quite well. But eventually, I think what you're going to see is Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins is your full time right guard. Well, and I hope that's the case. I just, you know, I think Tevin's been doing everything that they've been asking him to do and then some. So I just felt, I was just a little surprised. That's all that they went with Lucas Patrick to start the game instead of Tevin. Um, I was trying trying to track who was in and out of there today, but it seemed like it was a little bit more Patrick. I, it still looked and, like every two possessions. Yeah, and yeah. so, but they switch at least switched the order. Um, I love that we got our classic Lovey Smith challenge that shouldn't have, that he shouldn't have challenged. It's just like for old time's sake, he threw that out there. That was good. I mean, he couldn't have left here today, Soldier Field, without throwing the red flag at least once. <laughs> he is zero and three against the Bears. <laughs> Hey, you got that you know, fake you know punt, that though. bothers me. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, so, Wait, like, it bothers you or bothers him? No, it bothers him, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, I, I, think you yes. said, I think you said you know that bothers me. Oh, that bothers me. What bothers, yeah. bothers him? Yeah. <laughs> you know that bothers him. Well, well I'm sure Dave Tobe in Kansas City, you know, passed that along to Lovey for, for, for good measure. Like, Yes, generally the concern coming out of here is you need your quarterback to be better. Like David Mills was better, but he still gave up the big interception at the at the key moment. Like David Mills, what twenty for thirty two, two hundred forty five yards, one sack, one TD, two interceptions. Not good enough. Yeah, I think you saw the limit with Mills, right? Like you saw, okay, he can manage the game, he can get this thing going, he can make the right reads here and there. But now, now, granted, both of his interceptions were tipped. The first one definitely shouldn't have thrown because Vildor had good coverage. After they picked on Vildor early, he made the play when they needed to, and you never want to have an interception in the uh, in the end zone. The second one, Angelo Blackson got his hand on. So I think that's uh, sometimes you just got to chalk it up to the defense making a good play on you. I thought Davis Mills for the most part was fine. I think he was better than Justin Fields today, um, but you do kind of see that limit there. The frustrating thing with Fields is everyone can see the raw talent. Everyone can see what he could be. Um, and so, yeah, you're just looking for more progress, I think. Maybe it comes in week four. I still Maybe. remember the conversation we had about Mitch Trubisky in 2018. His first few games were uneven. He had that very uninspiring performance in Arizona. And every there were calls for, we need to see it. Yeah. Year one with Nagy. It's t- patience is a, is, is a tough thing in the NFL, right? And I think Eberflus is trying to get his messaging down on that right now. You know what I think the better comp is, though? Especially for this podcast. This conversation we're having today reminds me of when we were yelling at each other in Washington postgame. <laughs> and that was also week three, if I remember right. It was a Monday night football game that the Bears managed to win. And was I was tw- being yeah. part. That was 2019, I think. Monday night, and I was being particularly hard on Mitch after the game. Like, come on, man. These were the games. Like, you just got to make that throw. You have to make those plays. Yeah. And uh, 
that was, in fact, now that I'm jogging that in my own memory, that's kind of the, now granted that was his third season, so it was an extra year. Yes, you should be. Okay, so maybe Justin's not quite there in terms of the amount of starts he's So had. it's not a better comp. <laughs> well, I just think it is in terms of like maybe how hard I'm being on him and you pushing back. And um, yeah, we saw how the that. No, I, I remember being viv- like uh, not upset, but my point was three Cohen's got to make that catch. Yeah. Remember that? Like three Cohen, you can't catch the ball and have the defendant rip it out of your hands when it's placed. Right there in the mm-hmm. bread basket, like that's that's got to be caught. The, and I, I think with this one is you you got a, a a quarterback who who's very unsure of what he's seeing. Yeah, that's not good. And, and well, like and, and you try to understand why, right? And again, that goes back to new offense, new play caller. Things are moving faster. This isn't a preseason anymore. He's had one training camp with these guys. He needs help. Like Byron Pringle leaves in the like, what if Byron Pringle was a big part of the game plan this week, and all of a sudden he's just gone in the first, like after one catch? <laughs> no offense, but that made me laugh. Yeah, I hope Byron, I hope Byron Pringle's not the big part of the game plan. Yeah, but he, he's just supposed to be your slot receiver. Oh, he's, he had a nice catch, you know. Remember when he had the double change. false start last week? Yeah, it's a problem. That's my favorite moment problem. of his season so far. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars up 31-10 on the Chargers, by the way. Oh, I, well, here's the the other part of that conversation. Has everybody overrated the, the Chargers? They're not the darling I, everybody thinks they are. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, and I'm not sure I ever considered them great. Justin Herbert's still good, though. We'll say that. I don't. I have no idea how he's playing today, though. See, or but if he's like, still like that's the thing. They're, he could be great, but they're losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You play to win the game. They're in a different situation, though. They're in the. They're trying to win a Super Bowl this yeah. year. Isn't his rib like broken too, or something like that? His rib cartilage, I think, was ripped yes. out of his body. Yes, probably and he just got not some be big. Playing. He is playing right now. Just and he just overthrew a receiver in the end. Yes, zone, but so. probably should not be playing. Right, you probably shouldn't be. Give our guy Chase Daniel the ball. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, all right, any other final thoughts from Soldier Field? No, the story is going to be Fields and his his terrible performance, his trash mm-hmm. performance, uh, his ass performance, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a win. It's a Boom. win. Two and one. Two and one. Take the North. Hashtag no, take the North. No. They're going to be tied with the Packers and the Vikings. At Wait, two did and the Vikings one. come back and beat the Lions? I believe they did. The last time I saw they were um, they were on top in the... Yeah, they won 28-24. Wow. 28-24. <laughs> well, I think the Lions blew two big leads there. And then, um, although the Lions still covered... Right? Got to give him credit for that, I guess. Packers, though, uh, I guess I shouldn't call that a win for Green Bay yet, but they are up 14-6 in the third quarter as we record this against the Bucks. So we'll see how that ends up. But we know the Bears will be at the top. They won their game. And now we see what they can do. I'm going to be interested to watch this game tomorrow night, Johns, to see how, I don't want to say legitimate the Giants are, but 
I, as we did on Thursday, we picked this game. I picked the Cowboys because I just feel like Michael Parsons is going to be the best player on the field. But, you know, if the Giants go to 3-0, the way the Bears played today, I think that that becomes a, a much tougher game. Well, they're probably going to be favored by at least three. Yeah. I would imagine, but Daniel Jones or Justin Fields? At this point, maybe Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. All right. You sound um, like you were going to, though. I'm no, just very discouraged by the last couple of weeks. I'm glad that there's 14 more games. That, uh, the that sun's sunset, about to get you. That the sunset that comes over the, the west side of Soldier Field is now collapsing in the press box. It, it's it's it, coming right in there for you. Like Here's a fun fact about the press box. There's blinds in the press box, everybody, that once these noon games end, the sun just beams right in your eyes, what you're getting yes. right now. Yep, and you have to put the shades all the way down, basically, to the point where you can't see anything. And still, it still manages to find you. All right, Johns, uh, good stuff. We will uh, be back Tuesday with our midweek episode. Start getting ready for the Giants. We'll be able to react to what we saw the night before, with that being the Monday night game, Giants-Cowboys. Um in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read all his stuff on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe if you're not already. You can read me and all the others at CHGO at allchgo.com. Uh, merch is up, obviousshirts.com. You can find this and many other things. It's hoodie season. Hey, saw a couple guys at the CHGO tailgate today rocking some of the Hogan Johns merch. And there are people in the stands today at Soldier Field. We're in the Hogan John shirts. Good stuff. Keep posting that stuff. And uh, hey, it was a nice fall day. The Bears managed to win. Roquan Smith was awesome. That was a game where you needed your best player to step up and make a play. That's exactly what he did. 16 tackles, two for loss, big time interception. Yeah. So, all right. uh, We'll talk to you Tuesday. Anyway, uh, who cares? Boom.